I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Mariella Meets. I'm Mariella Frostrup, and each week I'll be bringing you a selection of the best interviews from our favorite guests. Movers and shakers from the worlds of art and entertainment, politics, business, music, and wider society to discuss everything from their latest endeavors to career highlights and early beginnings. Intimate, in-depth talk with pioneering talents and fascinating folk discussing the stuff that matters to them and how they scaled the slippery slopes of success. Benedict Cumberbatch is known as one of Britain's finest acting exports, and for good reason if the awards buzz around one of his latest projects, The Power of the Dog, is anything to go by. Already breaking records, it's become the Netflix film with the most Best Picture Award wins, with more accolades expected to follow this year. In Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, Benedict transforms into a bullying alpha male with a performance that sparked conversation around toxic masculinity and our perceptions of strength. Based on the 1967 novel by Thomas Savage. It's set in 1920s Montana and follows the lives of domineering rancher Phil, played by Benedict, and his brother George, as George brings a new wife home, played by Kirsten Dunst. When I spoke to him, I began by asking Benedict why he thinks the film has resonated with so many. As a movie, it has a real propulsion like the book does, and it and it's a kind of, it, it, as the book's a page turner, it's a, it becomes a real psychological thriller. And within that, there are some very, very relevant themes and they're personified and exacerbated by the era and the landscape and I think for Jane that was the hook of the book really was that these the combination was so potent of character and theme and time and place that it kind of um it just wouldn't let her go and I think it it has that effect on the audience I think people talk about this film long after they've seen it it stays with them and and it really rewards repeat viewing it's a very layered textured and um and rich piece of work the words the the word that's repeatedly used to describe your character Phil is macho and um in essence he's actually a, a bully and I know you're going to stand up for him or describe to us uh, what might have uh, you know pushed him in that direction I can't I can't deny he is a bully um but I think yeah there is a causality behind that which the film reveals which which gives I think a lean in which is quite it it, it asks for a different understanding of him which shifts the audience's empathy in, at, at points and yeah, he. It's interesting. I think even even though he is sort of ma- macho, he 
is very openly playing a musical instrument and whittling and whistling and well, any number of other skills that he perfects in the book that are on screen, taxidermy and ironmongery amongst them. And, you know, he, you he mean that you had to perfect in the, in, I, the, well, in the research. Well, for the book. But I, I felt I did have to live in them a little bit or at least attempt them in order to really be able to manifest it. Because to me, that's the essential duality of his power play in the world. And that's something he doesn't hide from the world, which is that he has as much a gift at uh, scholarly uh, classicism as he does um, knowing how to run a really successful ranch for 25 years and castrating a cow is something he can do as easily as play a high-speed bit of bluegrass on a banjo or um, or whittle a tiny miniature um, Adam-style piece of furniture. To, to straddle those kind of things and contain them all in a body that's soaked with the dirt and the grime with pride of his job um, and dressing like folk, as it's described in the book, and talking like folk when he's really the richest or one of the richest two men in the in the state. That, to me, underlies a great complexity anyway, in, in and of itself, let alone what secret identity he's kind of keeping hidden until later in the story. So, you know, I, it, yeah, um, he, he sort of, the machismo is, is, is already being tested, but un, un, unusually, or maybe just interestingly, I don't know, he's respected for that, all of that stuff, the sensitive stuff, as much mm. as he's art, as much as he is being a strong man in that environment. What was it uh, about him that appealed to you? I'm perfectly aware that a huge array of scripts fall through your letterbox on a daily basis uh, nowadays. So what, what, what makes you choose uh, a part and what, what made you choose this one in particular? I mean, it, you knew it was going to be a very intense experience. I dare say Jane Campion's a bit of a draw, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, it was also something that was going to take you away from perhaps other projects uh, because of the, the length of time it took to film and, 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 and the absolute kind of um, focus that it needed. Completely. Well, I mean, that, that, you know, to go back to what, the first part of the question about the character, Paul, I mean, he's so far away from my lived experience. I mean, most of my characters are, to be honest. Um, that's why I enjoy Isn't acting. that the point of being an actor? Yeah. I mean, is, people yeah. almost have to apologise for it at the moment. I know the other day your, your colleague on Sherlock, Martin Freeman, was slightly criticised. I mean, you know, criticised uh, for not being uh, Liverpudlian, uh, playing in um, this new drama about uh, being a, a, a Scouse cop. And yet, you know, isn't that what yeah. acting's about? And I think mm -hmm. he was aware of that in, 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 the, in the moment of it being cast from what I read in an interview in The Guardian, uh, to mention rival publication, excuse me. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, he, he was aware of, take it. aware of that. Very aware of that, you know. Um, there are exceptional, I mean, I immediately think of Stephen Graham, but they're amazing Liverpudlian actors in heart. You know, I've, I've grown up with a lot of them being inspirational and, and people I've been lucky enough to cross paths with occasionally. But yeah, so I think he was really um, tremendously trepidatious about it. And then... It just it it added the story, I guess, and the character had a way him, and he started working on it. And you know, he's such a profoundly gifted. But um, Benedict, I don't think that he or you need to make excuses for playing characters because that that is your job. But it does yeah. seem that we live in in slightly um, literal times, and here you've taken on the part of a gay cowboy, and and <laughs> you are neither of those uh, things, and probably culturally yeah, yeah. very I'm very far a, away from being a cowboy. Yeah, and I wasn't alive in 1925, and uh, I don't ride a horse that much. Um, and you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of aspects to this character that that are very far from my lived experience, and some that aren't that far. I mean, I think, 
you know, I mean, we, to talk about his sexuality, I, I understand that there is a need to have representation and diversity in casting. And I think we are moving to a place where that is the case. And that's a good thing. Um, but Jane came to me as a storyteller of great note and asked me as a storyteller of some kind of note, I guess, because she was interested in me telling the stories, Phil, to do this. And that's that's who I followed, but not without sensitivity to the discussions that would ensue and having our own, um, both within our own creative team, but also with the wider community. And I think um, to sort of move into other aspects of him that were a, a, a draw that were not lived, a, 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 you know, it, it, there's an exoticism, not, not to that, but to, to the fact that I'm riding a horse, that I'm in this milieu, which I've always wanted to, I very openly said I've wanted to do either a, a horror or a musical or a Western, because what else do you want to do? I haven't done any, any of those three things. And while this isn't tra a traditional Western, the tropes of landscape, of weather, of less words, more looks, of horses and men and the light and the importance of scale of figure in landscape all of that stuff that I'd grown up watching or, or really appreciated I guess in my student year studying westerns a little bit I never really fantasized about about the whole milieu when I was a younger boy it wasn't part of my you know um playground knockabout um uh acting but it was um it what was were the Westerns you liked? I was a little bit older. Well, High Noon, I guess, of the old ones was the first one that really kind of set me alight. I mean, I love the, I love Shane as well, to be honest. But, you know, then all the revisionist stuff that came about very much at formative moments in my cinema going experience with Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven and onwards. So it's something that I've kind of grown to love and understand a little bit of. And But, but to live that, to actually to, to take part in that was just like, I, I, why not? And but, 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 but you mentioned other draws. I mean, Jane, if Jane Campion says jump, you just say how high, you know, every single one of her performances um, in her other films are so authentic and, and beautifully crafted, but also free and testing of the actors. You know, there's a real honesty and rawness to that work. And I was excited to have that experience with an iconic filmmaker of her stature and she didn't disappoint on any level. The expectations are pretty high, but you know, I've never worked on a process or in tandem with a director so closely with that process to create a character, to discover a character, to understand and, and try and marinate myself in the character. I've very rarely had the time. I'm often building the plane as it takes off and why did you have the time this time? I mean, I, I read a quote of yours, which I thought was really lovely. Um, and I wondered because, I mean, yeah. obviously there are female directors out there and you have worked with some, I think uh, one of the directors on Sherlock uh, was, 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 was a woman, but oh, is, there a difference? As well as, yeah, yeah. is there a yeah. difference in, in working with a, with a, with a female director? Is it, is it too banal to, to, to ask whether it's a, a more holistic approach? I mean, you've said it's, it's just a lovely productive thing to do with the director when you have the luxury of time. She wanted me to sort of marinate in it for longer than I usually get um, yeah I think you know I, I I can't speak to many experiences and I and the comparisons are often yeah they are very sort of prescriptive and gender defining differences and I, I don't think they I've worked with men with great sensitivity with uh, who, who are equally able to create incredible female protagonists um, as uh, I have done in this instance with Jane and 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 her examination of maleness uh, and and Phil's Phil's part of that examination in this story. You know, I I can only just speak with great enthusiasm about how early we got going on it, and it was a fixed point, I suppose, around which other work happened. But we still touched base very frequently from May until January when we started filming, 
May was our first conversation and we're still talking about it now. I mean, I knew I was going to be into a very personable um, proximity to this great woman, but um, you yeah, filmed it, it just... in um, in New Zealand um, during yeah. during part of the well, I mean, obviously during part of the pandemic. I think you just took sort of three months off during the actual lockdown, um, yeah. and I know that um, it, it was a very immersive film. You stayed in character as you often do whilst you were on on the set and so on. Um, yeah. I wondered if you were prepared to devote those incredibly long days because I know you had to lock down with your parents for a large part of yeah. of the filming uh, because they sort of got trapped in 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 New Zealand didn't they or is that yeah, is that unfair it was amazing and it, and it turned into you know a, a slightly guiltily um remarkable experience i mean an extraordinary unique experience that never would have happened otherwise um but it was initially very terrifying they're both in their 80s dads are severe asthmatic and i i really needed to shelter them they were mum particularly very keen to get home for various reasons to do with other members of the family and um they come I, to visit you, as I understand it. They come to do a set visit to see their their boy and horse, you know, steering a uh, hundred head herd of cattle into uh, uh, Grant's town. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, yeah, you know, there he is, there he is doing that thing. Um, and I meet Jane and and swap notes, <laughs> I guess, and what it's like to to handle me. Um, and then well, plus um, they're both actors aren't they or, or well, were completely. Both actors. As, as yeah. Jane's parents were as well and I think you know it, it's a very interesting you know she's she's wonderful with all generations Jane and um, you know I was, I was very wary of inviting people onto her well we didn't invite people onto the set to begin with you know it was a very intense focus thing and I think she really wanted that circle of trust to be small so that we were doing our thing and not not having outside eyes but this was late very much near the end of the first block of filming on the south island on location and then we planned this fantastic once in a lifetime road trip uh, which we then took from the south island to uh, where we were filming in auckland by the time we got there you know the the world was coughing and getting a temperature and, and covid was very very real uh, and it was starting to get into the community in in new zealand and I remember one day on set, uh, not long before they were supposed to fly, it was my one day of shooting. And I was terrified because I I spent so much time in an environment and in Grant's incredible sets that were just, I mean, really masterful. And such, mm. like I said, such time capsules, really acting, no acting required. They were just so of the era that everything was supporting the work. Whereas I was really frightened of getting out of a trailer crossing a car park and furry chaps and clinking spurs, walking past various, you know, imported cars from uh, Asia, just kind of going, I, I feel like I'm at some Comic-Con. How am I, uh, uh, am I going <laughs> to, you know, connecting this back in um, after just a two week, two, three week break, I think in that instance. And then I stepped on set and some people were wearing masks and I was in character and I was sort of, you know, being, being Phil about the masks. And then I sort of got off and was like, what? Because oh, they've come from, LA and they come back from Japan it's everywhere this thing's everywhere and you know production were terrified of losing the film I think so we really we pushed it uh, almost to the point where Jacinda locked down the country and by then we were saying but hang on a minute, we live thousands of miles away from it. it's all very well you just wanted to shut production down we don't know where we're going to stay or live because Auckland seemed like a hot spot for it being an urban centre although it was like like all of New Zealand it was relatively it wasn't as bad as it was everywhere else in the world. We were we were very fortunate to be where we were, but it was at that early stage where you know everyone was disinfecting their groceries, just not knowing about surfacant transmission, and just terrified of how virulent this thing and how dangerous it was to get it. 
Mm. So, so it began with that kind of need to protect my family and then turned into this amazing, intense, but unrepeatably wonderful proximity to my dear folks who've given me, who have given me so much in life to, to bring me to this point in my career anyway, you know, that's, it's a lot of it's on them. And what was it about to... their, um, their lives that made you want to act or was it a completely uh, oh, unassociated I've been asked about it a lot I mean I remember snapshots I remember you know standing at the in the wings and watching mum sort of transform from mum into someone just preparing to open a door and step onto a set full of heat and reality to that audience and become the character and I just going what's happening to my mum that's extraordinary that transition and what does that mean? Um, and the, the excitement of, is that, can I do that? Is that possible? And then I guess, uh, yeah, try, I think, I think, I think like my rebellion against my parents was becoming the thing they didn't want me to become, which was an actor. They gave me a great education, a great start in life to do anything but to be a lawyer, a doctor or a teacher or something responsible. Um, and, and I kind of threw it all back in their face, but, but to a point where, you know, they, they were secure that I'd be able to have an enjoyable life doing it and, and, and earn a living. And I just remember the moment really clearly. I've talked about it a lot, but it was a profound moment. I'm very happy to acknowledge it. Again, my dad just got me by the shoulders after playing Salieri in Amadeus at university and said, you're better than this at this than I ever was or ever will be. I can't wait to watch and support your career. It's going to be fantastic. Wow. And it's just mm-hmm. you know, such a huge Fear-jacking thing. shocking moment, I would have thought. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Benedict, I wonder how you go from from an experience on set uh, like you had making The Power of the Dog, as we've talked about, um, you know, incredibly immersive, challenging, very satisfying, but, you know, you, you know it takes every iota of, of your acting, your thespian skills. Um, how does that compare with the experience of, say, making Doctor Strange? Because I know it's very easy to think that Doctor Strange is probably a lot easier. But actually, I imagine that the challenges with that are completely different, but but, but equally um, equally great. Yeah, in many ways, it's harder. I mean, the sort of uh, the epic nature of the length of these shoots and how you know, athleticism and endurance and strength and uh, fitness are, are as much to do with just making yourself, keeping yourself healthy during the hours um, and the duration. And don't of the you shoot. get lonely with the green screen as well? Or the, is it green screen, blue screen, green screen? Yes, I know. You know, it, it, but it requires, as far as acting goes, I think it requires an equal level of skill. You have a lot less, um, I mean, actually, sometimes with 
Charlie Wood's exceptional set design and uh, production design rather and and, and Sam Raimi's uh, very uh, at times analog approach to wanting a lot of stuff in camera you have a lot of real world stuff going on around you whether it's cars flipping upside down or explosions happening or, or flying in yourself rather than being a digi double and um, that was a joy but then you have to just really exercise that kind of you know uh kid imagining stuff whilst playing in the bedroom you know thing it's it's a very focused imaginary exercise imagine the imaginary circumstances are something you really have to provide and that takes a hell of a lot of focus and in amongst all of that you know you don't care about these characters despite all the bells and whistles and 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 thrills and spills unless there is something of the real world's jeopardy about them whether it's they you know, they show human emotions or that it costs them or that there is something that is humorous and relatable about these heroes um, that makes them somehow human as well as superhuman. So I think that that requires the same skill set as, as bringing off a, a, a very internalized struggle as a character as complex as, as Phil Burbank. And the technical need to sort of be able to put yourself in a place of authenticity, I think requires as much focus and skill and devotion as 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 does an immersive piece of work character work like phil burbank and hats off to the people that years before i i do and you know i I have done it and i i watch i remember my real learning curve was on on, um uh, avengers infinity war and uh i remember watching tom holland high off the success of the first spider-man uh with uh, robert downey jr and i remember the ease with which they just sort of got the script and just improvised for a scene and I thought, yeah, this is there's so much expectation and weighty um, kind of expectation from 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 the fans, from the lure of the comics, from um, the deliverance of a great hit from the last hit and the last hit before that. And yet here are two grown adults just playing. And that's what it is. And to be able to do that with all those extraneous pressures, to be free in a moment, to let intuition take over. It's very, very similar to letting something other come through in intense character work like uh, Phil Burbank required. So it's 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 a pretty pretty amazing array of skills that you need to try and get hold of and uh i feel like i'm still learning but i had a great outing just now with sam raimi and obviously spider-man before that and uh yeah i've hung up the cloak of levitation about two weeks ago and have since been on my sanderson set but um yeah it's which is okay well that makes me have to ask you what it is about your work ethic um I, i want to ask you also if you think that there are connections between some of these characters i'm going to quote you in a moment but 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 first of all i mean you do not stop working you've got three young children if you were a female actress i'd be saying how do you manage your work-life balance and in fact why don't i how do you manage your work-life balance and why do you work so hard i should be asked that question just as much as as any woman in that relationship i mean i you know um what has happened despite appearances is that uh, there's been a huge glut of things landing at the same time so uh, it's a bit of an illusion I mean not not least obviously the three months that we all experienced off but even after that um, there was a large chunk of pre-production which you know someone I could do the school run and come back from the studio it's not that much of an illusion you don't stop working you just said you just stepped into a Wes Anderson film having finished the takes for the yeah having got it you don't stop working and you clearly love it I'm defending myself slightly because I I do I'm now building into my life what is it's sort of it's it's sort of in the infrastructure of Wes's movie anyway because of the way it's being made there are these blocks so I'm not now working for another month then I go back and do a little bit more for 
literally a week and then I'm not working for another month. And then I go back and do a little bit more for maybe a week. So the focus and intensity of the work is absolute for that week, but I've got a month off. Now that's pretty rare in any professional field. And that's what I'm trying to build into my life more and more. And this is a specific requirement of that job. And, you know, when it comes to strange and the marvel of it all, I think, yeah, that just went on and on and on. And that was even by the usual standards of that film. It, it was unexpectedly long and very, very hard hours and very hard on anyone with a family um, by the end of it. Dr. Strange aside, um, you know, is the... We've, we've talked about I am going to have a break. If that's, I mean, just like in general terms, I'm definitely having a break from sort of, well, after Doctor Strange is promoted in uh, in late April, mid-April, whenever it is we go on a press tour or whatever version of that's going to exist then. Yeah, I'm having a break. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that and remind you of what you've said. Um, Benedict, just finally, uh, you are one of uh, 10 actors to be included in W Magazine's Best Performances 2022. Um, but I think your appearance on the magazine cover sparked some amusement on social media. One, one quip, Benedict Cumberbatch's Ali G in his toughest challenge yet. Uh, what, what did you say? What did you think when you saw the yellow bucket hat and the tinted sunglasses? Did you go, yeah, that's me? Timothy Walker, I mean, he's a pretty extraordinary, um, far out, um visual imaginary um photographer imaginative i should say not imaginary he's a real person um and so yeah it's it's certainly not stuff that you won't be seeing me walking around in a fendi bucket hat or whatever it was anytime soon or a 10 gallon hat that doesn't fit my rather large head anyway and uh very very sort of cardboard stiff denim jacket but I'd do anything for Tim. I really would. I think he's an extraordinary artist and one of our greatest um, photographic exports and a, and a real visionary. And it's interesting, last time I worked with him for W Magazine was with Kira and we did this very stylized sort of Andy Warhol-esque shoot. And I don't know, I find it very freeing to go, right, fine, I'm just surrendering myself to an artist's concept. And I'm, I don't have to defend Tim Walker. He's he's out there and... Um... No, or yourself, actually. Um, and just, uh, you, 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 I think that you may well, you said you're going to take time off in April, but you're very much in line for a potential Oscar and a potential BAFTA for this movie. So that means you won't get time off, doesn't it? Are you excited about this particular award season? I mean, should that happen? I don't think they require that much time do oh, they i don't they do it's, it's a it's a it's a slightly heightened but stressful evening and, and kind of enjoyable i don't know look i mean ultimately if that happens it just means that the film stays in the conversation for a bit longer and that means more people will see it and i'm very very happy about that for anyone who hasn't discovered it yet to go to it and um and enjoy it for the for the piece of art that it is that i'm hugely proud to have contributed to and uh Everything else is just um, wonderful, but celebratory and noisy and, and not to be taken too seriously. But um, it's very humbling to be even thought of and considered in that regard. It really is. Thanks for listening to Mariella Meets with me, Mariella Frostrup. There'll be more from the podcast next week, so make sure to download the free Times Radio app to never miss an episode. And don't forget, you can catch the live edition of my programme every Monday to Thursday, 1 till 4, on Times Radio. Catch you next time.